Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas so you can grow beyond difficult transitions and evolve from those challenging moments that may have influenced your past but will not define your future. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve as we teach you the exact skills needed to attract and keep a lasting, emotionally healthy and conscious relationship. Now, please welcome your host, certified life dating and relationship coach, trauma professional, and best-selling author, Rihanna Milne. Hi, hello everyone. Welcome to show six of Lessons in Life and Love. How are you? I am your global life and love coach, Rihanna Milne, coming to you live on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Tonight, we're going to go over continuing the topic of what are the qualities of an equal and evolved relationship. And I want you to ask the question, are you and your partner offering emotionally healthy, respectful love? We're also going to go into the wheel of equality and evolved love, the healthy relationship and respect wheel and the evolved test. Does your partner do these things for you? And there's 16 points of being a good evolved partner. So I want to see if you can ask yourself if you're doing that as well as your partner does that. And if you're new to us, welcome. This educational podcast helps women and men of all ages to heal from past childhood adverse events and abusive love relationship trauma or difficult life transitions that impact them today as adults in both life and love. I want you to learn to transform a negative fear based mindset into a positive and purpose-filled conscious and evolved mindset to achieve success in all life areas. I'm also going to teach you the exact skills you need to attract and keep an emotionally healthy evolved love relationship no matter your age, whether you're a single or a couple, straight or LGBT, or if you're single or in the exclusive relationship. So the whole goal is so that you can have the life you desire and the love relationship that you do deserve. I take your questions and concerns very seriously. So if you aren't able to get your questions answered on tonight's show or you live abroad, please email me your questions and show comments to me directly at lessonsinlifeandloveshow at gmail.com and I'll respond to you and answer your questions on my next live show. And if you can't wait and you want to meet with me personally, then certainly do apply for a free life and love transformation discovery session. That's a $500 value for free because you're my listeners. So just go to my website, rihannamilne.com, fill out the pop-up form and we will meet that week. Just tell me a little bit about your story. Now let's get started. And remember, take notes if you can and come back to listen again for more details. And if you've missed the first five shows, make sure you go on to boldbravemedia.com. Look at my show archives because all the shows build one on top of the other. And there's so much information I don't want you to miss out. Okay, and I would love to see your comments and questions. So it's nice to know you're with me and listening. So tonight we're going to start with the wheel of equality and evolved love. This is really important for you to ask yourself and to see if your partner has these seven pieces of the pie for equality and evolved love. All of them are very important. Some you might find you're doing better than others and where you might be falling a little short, this is a great place for a conversation to see how you can negotiate and do a little bit better. Let's start out with that one, negotiation and fairness. Pie piece number one, you are both seeking together to satisfy your resolutions to any kind of issue or conflict. 
conflict. You're going to be open to accept change in each other's opinions and ideas, and you're really willing to compromise. When I work with my couples, I always inform them that they are a team and they have to consider what is best for the team, not for one partner, not for the other. So negotiate. If you're arguing, what do you want to do that night? It can be as something mundane as watching a movie. One wants the action movie, the other one wants the romance movie. You take turns. Well, this time, why don't we do the action film and next time we'll do the romance film and you keep your word on that. It's just things that's good for the team and you both feel like you're being heard, your opinion counts and that you're willing to work through any little issue. I always say there's no reason to yell and scream at your partner ever unless they're in harm's way. This is a time to negotiate with love and caring communication. And like I said, in communication, there's five things that you want to watch out for. There's tone of voice, pitch, volume, pace, and the choice of words. So let's talk about tone. Tone could come across as a bad attitude. If you talk too fast, and I'm a Philly girl, so sometimes I talk too fast and it sounds aggressive, but I don't mean it to be. It's just my cultural normal. And again, we all come from different areas of the country. So when I moved to Florida, I learned that I have to really slow down my communication so it doesn't sound aggressive. That is your pace. Volume is how loud you're talking. The louder you talk, the more angry and aggressive you seen. Pitch is that high squeaky voice when you're upset or pissed off and you're trying to get your point across. And we want to keep everything loving, calm, and kind. If you are calm and your voice, similar to what I'm talking right now, calm and even, then that will actually influence your partner to also slow down and calm their conversation too. Keep those five things in mind. And it also slows down everything so you can choose your words in a conscious way instead of speaking real fast and off the cuff and speaking impulsively. That's the way people get hurt. So you want to try and keep it calm and slow. Okay, piece number two, non-threatening behavior. Talking and acting so that both parties feel safe and comfortable expressing themselves and doing the right things. The cave woman's number one need is to feel safe and secure in a relationship. We can't help it. Even if the woman is very accomplished and can take care of herself, she still has this deep need to feel loved, secure, cherished. It's just in our old brain and we can't help it. Just like the caveman, his number one need is really the attractive female and to feel loved by her. That's because he wants to procreate the race. It's in his caveman brain. So these are things that we always have to remember. They're always active. And talking in a non-threatening behavior, just being non-threatening, open. I've had a couple in my office when the man said, I'm so ticked that she won't have sex with me, you know, and then I get upset, I get aggressive, and then I get moody, and I shut down for a couple of days. Well, I said, well, that's not going to encourage her to want to make love to you. Hello. I said, you've got to make her feel loved and cherished and nurtured so she can open herself to you, her heart, her soul, and her body. That feeling safe is the number one woman's need. You definitely don't want to get bad attitude around sexuality. That's something a woman's sexual centers to be turned on. Her five senses need to be ignited. So music, touch, dress nice, smell nice, take her out on a great date. Talk nice to her. Don't talk about how bad things are. Keep the conversation positive. Ladies, same for you. Keep the conversation positive with your man. Make it a great night out. Okay, number three is respect. Listening to each other non-judgmentally, being emotionally affirming, 
and understanding and valuing each other's opinions. Tomorrow is voting day and politics can be a real source of negativity and fighting in families and between partners. That's where I say you have to have respect for the other's opinion. Let them vote for who they want to. They're their own individual. Respect them enough to give them their space and their opinion around the president or who they're voting for tomorrow. You can listen to each other's opinion and say, thank you for sharing that. I'm glad you shared that with me and I understand why you're choosing to vote for that person. But you're still entitled to your opinion. You want to be emotionally affirming and understanding. You are two individual people. You're not supposed to think and do everything exactly alike. You don't want to force your opinion down someone else's throat. That is called control. Once you try to control your partner, you're going to push them away. Either direction, man trying to control a woman or woman trying to control a man, it does not work in relationships. This is where a lot of couples get into trouble today because you do need a sense of control on the job in order to be successful. And that's how I work with. I work with very very highly successful men and women who are doing great in their career, but they're struggling in love and they can't figure out why. Most of it does come from childhood trauma. And I go deeply into that in session one. So if you've not heard that, definitely go there. You can read from my books and also my YouTube channel, Rihanna Milne, but just listen every week and I'm going to give you more tips each week. Okay. The next one, trust and support. You have to be able to support each other's goals in life, respecting each other's rights to their own feelings, their friends, activities, and opinions. You may not want to share the same activity. However, if you both have weekends off and you're both working Monday through Friday, think in the equilateral triangle, me, you, and us. Well, part of your me time is your work hours. That is something you are away from your partner. You're doing that. Also time you do exercise or time you're with a friend. You really have to make sure in a week's time you are devoting equal amount of time to that relationship. And if you're not, the relationship's not going to work. It's going to fall apart. So like just one date out a week, that's not going to work. If you're a dating couple, you definitely need contact with each other at least three times a week out of seven days right? Whether that is a Wednesday night date, a Friday night date, and then Sunday just hanging out, going to the beach, chilling, taking a day drive, but really taking time to nurture that relationship. Because if you don't, there's not going to be one. Yes, you want to respect your partner's goals, especially at work. It's good to ask them about their day. What are they working on? Show interest. I mean, there's nothing worse than a partner that doesn't care about what you do. And we spend at least 40 hours, the average American, quote unquote, spends usually about 40 hours a week at work, if not more. And if your partner doesn't show any care or concern about what you do, how disrespectful does that feel? That's horrible. Like, so do ask questions. What are you working on? How's it going? How'd that job go for you today, babe? You know, whatever it is you're working on, share your day at the end of the day. That's really important. Next one is honesty and accountability. Accepting responsibility for yourself, acknowledging your past uses of anything that you have done to hurt your partner, admitting being wrong, communicating openly and truthfully. This is really important. Without trust and honesty, you don't have a relationship. If one of the partners is constantly lying or makes you promises and lets you down, that starts just eroding the love relationship. This is the cornerstone of making love work and keeping accountable to your word. If you give 
give your word, do everything in your power to keep your promise. That's really important. And if you can't, you explain why. Sorry you let them down and you could do it for them on this day or that day. Be accountable, be mature, be an adult. That is so much a part of being evolved and conscious because when you're conscious, you're always thinking, am I doing right for the team? Am I doing right by my partner? And if you make a mistake, which is totally okay, we're human, but there's mistakes that are easy to forgive and there's other mistakes that are a lot harder. If you enter into an affair with someone, that's obviously dishonest and is going to throw trust right out the window. It destroys most relationships and it's very hard to bring a relationship back from it. Can it be brought back? Yes, I've helped couples come back from a cheating relationship, but it really depends how long, how deep, how emotionally involved somebody is with that partner. It's a lot of puzzle pieces we're putting together. And really consciously, you would never enter into a cheating affair if you're evolved and conscious, because right away you know it's the wrong thing to do. When you live in integrity and you live in evolved spiritual type life, you don't hurt your partner. If something is wrong, you be an adult about it and you say, babe, we need a conversation. This and this isn't going right. I'm feeling like things aren't going right here or we just haven't gone out for some dates and I'm feeling a little lonely and neglected. Either out doing golf or working and then you're with your guys and it's like if you leave the, your lady hanging, you're going to destroy the relationship. You've got to keep the triangle in mind, you, me and us at all times. Next one is shared responsibility. Mutually agreeing on the fair distribution of work and making family decisions together. The work I'm talking about around the household and with your children. It is not the day of Ozzie and Harriet anymore when the woman was at home full time and could pick up a lot of the slack. That basically was her job, working with the children and doing all the house chores. But when she is now working 40 hours plus, as you are, you have to be an equal team at home and an equal team with the kids everything and this is why it's called the equality wheel if that part falls apart if it falls all on the woman for example she's going to be very resentful she's going to be angry feeling like why am i doing all this work and okay you do your nine to five job but then why am i cooking cleaning schlepping the kids and you're doing none of that it's going to erode the relationship and the intimacy factor the sexuality factor is going to be hurt they always say sex is the last to go but all these little things if they start crumbling on this wheel it's going to fall that's why the wheel it's equal pieces and they're all important Next is economic partnership, making the monetary decisions together, making sure both partners benefit from financial decisions and arrangements. It's a partnership. If you are entering into marriage later and you have built your own wealth, then you certainly should have a prenuptial agreement. If you're older and have children and you already have your will established, same thing. You need to protect your children and what you have built before this relationship. And then you have a discussion of how it's going to go after the relationship. Because if you're 50, you've had 50 years of building your own wealth without that partner. Some women say, well, I'm insulted that he wants a prenup. I'm there, why? He's worked 50 years building this wealth before you. And what have you built? You should protect that, keep it fair. And if, God forbid, there's a divorce, you leave with what you've come in with, and then you split whatever you have done together. That's fairness. So you have to make the large decisions together. One partner shouldn't be going out and buying a car 
car on their own. And maybe you come up with a figure, anything under $500 you discuss. The guy shouldn't be going out and buying the big screen TV right before the Super Bowl game. It's like, hon, let's go pick that out together if they feel that's something that you need. These are household decisions. These are the seven evolved quality love pieces that are super important in having a respectful and loving relationship. Some of the other information I'm going to go in tonight is from my book, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. You can find that on Amazon, along with its sister book, Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose and Success. And that's all about the mindset for success. The book Love, it's 464 pages, and it went to number one on Amazon in couples therapy, women in spirituality, and number two in psychology. I couldn't knock out that number one position, but there's about a half a million books in psychology. So I was pretty happy about that ranking. I wanted to tell you, you guys can get both books, Live and Love, free chapter downloads on my website, rihannamilne.com, right from the homepage. Just scroll down, enter your name and email, and it will come to you in your email account. I think it's like 50 pages from each book. So you'll get a good feel of both those books. But much of this information is coming from the love book this evening. I wanted you aware of that. And remember, if you have questions, do call in. Don't be shy. You can make up a name in a different city if you'd like, but it's 866-451-1451. I had a question come in from last week, and I wanted to address it for Julie from LA. She said, I think I'm one of those emotionally abusive partners hearing your list from show number two. I always got my way when growing up and I get mad when my husband tries to control me. I yell until I get my way and he usually just gives in to keep me quiet. What can I do about this? My anger just seems to take me over and I can't control it. What's happening for you, Julie? There's definitely some unconscious emotional triggers of anger coming up that occurred for you in your childhood. If I had you on the line, I would be asking you these questions and we could have a really good conversation about this because it could be really helpful for everybody else. That's why I love questions, but I'll try and address this without you. You have to ask, what did you grow up with that seemed quote unquote normal for you? If you witnessed a lot of verbal yelling back and forth from your mom and dad as a child, then yelling to get your way became normal. And it is not normal. It is not emotionally healthy. If you just snap right to that, it's going to what you know. It's your known. It's your normal. So it's very important that we break those unconscious emotional triggers. Did this work for you when you were a young person to get your way? Did you do this to mom or to dad? Unconsciously, you're saying, hey, this works. In order to be heard in this family, I got to yell and scream and then they take me seriously because obviously this is an emotional habit. It is not a healthy one. It's one you definitely want to break. And my third question to you was, did your dad try to control you? Because if he did, as soon as your husband would try to control you, you're going to have what's called an emotional trigger. It's going to anger you. You're going to anger more than somebody else who did not have the same situation happen with their dad. If your dad was controlling or very strict and had his rules, it didn't go his way. He was yelling, whether you and the other kids or mom, this is what's triggering you to yell to get your way. And then he just gives in your husband. He is seething inside. I guarantee you he's just trying to keep the peace. But this is a very toxic behavioral pattern. What can you do about it? I would love for you to reach out to me on my website, rihannamillen.com, and sign up for a free life and love transformation discovery session. I spend one hour with you and anyone else that's in a toxic pattern and they're worried about it. Just tell me a little bit about your story and I'll be glad to help you on Skype. 
one hour, total privacy. I can give you a whole lot of tips just in one hour when I know a little bit more about your story. Another comment I'm seeing is when you say your anger just seems to take you over and you can't control it. That also could be signs of borderline personality disorder that is usually inherited through the family gene pool. If mom or dad has that fast trigger anger that seems to come at a quick moment and seems to take you over, that is signs of a borderline. And we definitely want to get a handle on that because whether it's with your husband or with friends, obviously you're at the point where you're not feeling comfortable with it either. I really appreciate your question that you're reaching out, that you're starting to see patterns in your marriage that aren't healthy and that you're willing to do something about it. Asking the question is the very first thing that you want to do to start changing those types of patterns. So I commend you on your question. This will help by taking us into the next wheel I'm going to go into, which is called the healthy relationship and respect wheel. There are six spaces here and the center is called respect. The other center of the wheel was called equality and the center of this wheel is called respect. So this is everything you need for that respectful, healthy and loving relationship. First one I'm going to go into because I think it's so important is safety. I mentioned that on the other wheel, but this one, it gives us a whole slot to safety and it's respecting physical space, not intimidating or getting in someone else's face when you're angry, refusing to intimidate or manipulate your partner in any way and expressing yourself even non-verbally with loving kindness and always being aware of vocal patterns. Again, are you speaking nasty or with an attitude? Are you speaking in loving, kind tones of voice? Or are you speaking in a way that's intimidating and angry and making your partner want to get away from you? I know it's very important for the woman to feel safe, but a guy wants to feel respect. So this is the respect wheel. Without him saying, well, I feel safe, I'm the man, he still wants to feel respected. So safety for both is really, really important. Number two is honesty on this wheel too. It's the power to live in the truth in everything you do. You wanna communicate openly with trust, compassion, and empathy for your partner. It's really important to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Think how would you like to be treated and make sure that you treat your partner in the same way. When somebody says, well, I don't get why they're so upset about that. And I turn the tables and say, well, how would you like it if they did that? And they're like, uh, I probably wouldn't like that. Then that's somebody that lacks empathy because they're not able to see it from both sides. You have to look at every situation from both sides and put your partner in that situation. And empathy is a very key tool to a respectful and loving relationship. Number three is support, supporting each other's goals and dreams, being understanding, offering encouragement around their business or their career. If they have a down day, you are to be their cheerleader. Babe, I know you can do it. Hang in there. You just had an off day. They need that loving compassion and encouragement to go out the next day and do it again. You are each other's cheerleader. Being non-judgmental. Don't be quick to blame them. Hear them out. A lot of people of childhood trauma do what we call false negative assumptions. Those are very dangerous. Those are like you're assuming something is wrong before your partner even says what's going on or assuming they're doing something wrong. So if it's not based in fact, you've got to keep asking yourself, is this based in fact? Do I have facts on this? And if not, don't be judgmental and don't jump to a false negative assumption. Next one is valuing your partner's opinions. You don't have 
have to agree, but you need to hear them out, listen to their feelings, acknowledge it and say, thank you for sharing that. I just don't happen to agree with you, but that's okay, babe. It's totally fine. And then you just drop it. You don't have to make a big deal out of anything. Not when you're supportive and understanding and offering encouragement. Okay. The next one is cooperation. Being calm with your communication skills, accepting change, making decisions together, willing to compromise. There's no need to control the other. Like I said about control, it's one of the top things that ruins a relationship. Compromising, the other wheel had negotiation. So it's about the same thing, making decisions together, accepting change, being open-minded. Change is a fact of life. When there is going to be a difficult transition, and there will be, because life just presents that, working together as a team to get through it, offering ideas that I call outside-of-the-box thinking, each of you coming up with two great ideas apiece, and then compromising on that and cooperating and saying, which of these ideas will work the best? Let's do this one first and this one second, and that should solve the problem, or that will get us through this transition work as a team even building a reward in if you're going through a rough patch and say if we can get to this point then let's reward ourselves with a weekend away you have something to always to look forward to i think that's always a great idea i suggest like one major vacation a year and three mini trips to keep your love together and really going great you are listening to your host and global coach rihanna milne on lessons in life and love so please tell your friends about it i want to address your concerns and questions anytime email me your questions during the week at lessons in life and love show at gmail.com we're going to continue on with the respect wheel for healthy relationships there's two more sections here the next one is trust like i said in the last wheel you need trust or you don't have the relationship trust tends to be very low in those that have had childhood trauma now again nine out of ten people 90 percent of people have had at least one to three childhood traumas and there are 10 of them that I mentioned on the show. If you have not heard, I'm going to go back to show one. They're really important. One in 25 people are sociopaths. That is a quote from Martha Stout's book, The Sociopath Next Door. If you have had the unfortunate encounter of dating a sociopath as I have in my past, it's very traumatic. Then trust can become low and it takes you maybe a little bit longer to attach to someone because you're wondering, can I trust this person? But the way I look at that now, after I've done my study on trauma and trust and all this work, Every person in front of you, you give 100% trust, and then only they can take it away. You do have to take care of yourself, and you have healthy boundaries, but you have to be accepting of each other and give each other trust, and realize that that person in front of you is not the person that hurt you many years ago. You have to be able to accept each other's word, give each other the benefit of the doubt. That's what trust is. When you have a trustful relationship, it's so peaceful, it's so calm and loving, it's really, really incredible. It's the cornerstone of making it as a couple. The last little slice of this pie of the respect wheel is accountability. This is when you admit your mistakes, you're willing to learn uh, new things, new techniques to help yourself and the relationship. You accept responsibility for your behaviors and you're able to quickly apologize and also quickly forgive your partner. We're human, we make mistakes. That is a spiritual quality, being able to forgive as I call it as a 
highest, most spiritual concept. If your partner really apologizes from the heart and says why they think they did wrong and how they're going to do better, that's important that you talk about what will be done differently next time if for some reason your trust was broken. That is the respect wheel. Now I want to go into the evolved test. Do you and your partner do this for each other? And I love this quote. This is from my book, this section. In real love, you want the other person's good. In romantic love, you just want the other person. I think that's a great quote. That's from Margaret Anderson. I do a lot of quotes throughout my book, so I think you would enjoy them too. This is from page 298. It's talking about an evolved relationship that you and your partner will want to bring out the best in each other. This only can occur when you're both honest confident, you have integrity, which I describe as doing the right things when nobody is looking, and you enjoy who you are as an individual person. You have high regard and confidence and self-esteem for yourselves and for your partner, and you enjoy your individual and your joint life together. An exclusive relationship is seen as a bonus to your already amazing life. As I coach my singles, I always have to say you have to be a successful single first. And by the way, singles, next week, I am doing dating do's and don'ts. So you want to make sure you make that show. It's going to be a good one. Anyway, here's a 16 point checklist. Some are about you as an individual and some are about you too as a partner. So here you go. Do I feel loved, cherished and secure from my partner? Very big, important first question that you feel cherished and secure. There's that safety piece again. Always was coming up in the research that I did. Number two, are we equally balanced in our concerns, thoughts, and affections towards one another? If you have one partner that's super affectionate and the other one that's not, that's going to be a problem. If one person's concerned about you and asks how's your day and your work and the other one just has no regard, that's a problem. Again, balanced is really key. Number three, do I feel that he's supportive? And I, when I say he, it's like he, she. Okay. When, when you write a book, guys, you have to write towards one sex. So I write with a woman in mind because I was a female writing the book. And most females are the readers of self-help. So I was advised to write for a woman's point of view. But my men that are listening, please understand it is he or she. Thank you. <laughs> so do I feel that they are supportive, loyal, and has my best interests in mind. Number four, do I feel recognized and appreciated for what I bring to this relationship? Do they express pride in having me as their partner? It's nice, you know, to give your partner compliments and accolades while you're out. Isn't my lady beautiful? Or I just love everything he does for me. He's such a great, great guy. You know, just compliments in front of others is really nice to do, both privately and out in public, showing appreciation. That's the number one thing I hear from my men all the time in couples. I don't feel I am appreciated. Ladies, take note of that. That's the number one thing the guy wants to hear. Thank him for the chores he does around the house. Thank you, babe. That light looks great that you installed. I've been wanting that up there for a long time. It looks wonderful. Whatever it is that you need, show real appreciation. Number five, do I respect their daily efforts at home, work, and in the community? Talking about their work day, how they're helping you at home. Even it's like, wow, thanks for getting the dishes or thanks for setting the table. And the husband, the wife is cooking for you. Thanks, babe. That was a great meal. How often... Do you hear, thank you for cooking tonight? Very rarely. And it's not always a joy. You got to schlep at the grocery, take time out of your day, go shop, bring it home, cook the meal. Do they appreciate it? Well, let them know the work you do in the community. Also show appreciation for that. 
Number six, do I feel that um, my absolute best with him, that it's easy to be the full, authentic and real me without having to act outside of my comfort zone? Yes, it's good to be the full, authentic you. But I also hear from my men that a lot of women get lazy with their appearance. They're in sweats all the time. They stop doing their hair, their makeup. Now, remember, ladies, the number one thing that a man wants is attraction. So if you're losing your attraction factor, and a fair results from that, you got to say, what's my part in this? Did you keep up the attraction factor? Yes, it takes work, but isn't he worth that? You want to be your best with your partner. Who were you when you're dated? Men, it's the same way. If you start getting really fat and you came to her fit, you're not into good grooming or you're not picking up after yourself and, and you're becoming like a sloppy little boy, she's going to lose respect and attraction for you. Pick up after yourself. Be the man. Look good. Smell good. Dress nice. Don't dress like a slob. A woman wants to see her man looking great, too. It's equal. Number seven, are we mutually attracted to each other and have the energy and desire to be with one another intimately and sexually? The attraction factor is key. You both must take the time to do the work to look great and romance each other. Put the energy into that because it is so worth it. Number eight, does he treat me the way a gentleman should? Is he polite, respectful, and generous with his efforts and income? Does he provide for me, even if it means sacrificing and take my needs into consideration when fulfilling his own? Now, I know this is a hot button. Should the man always provide for the woman? Well, three things a man needs to feel like a man. One, he's filling some purpose and mission in life. Two, that he can do something that makes his lady feel safe, cherished, nurtured, and taken care of. And three, providing for the family. It's caveman. It is caveman brain. Even if the woman is contributing, it's very important that the man is generous. And I even think when there's a date, that the man should say, babe, I've got this. He should be paying for the dates. He should be that nurturing man that's taking care of the lady. I still totally believe that. That doesn't mean the lady can't say, hey, I have a surprise for you and treat him to a weekend away, be extra generous on holidays and birthdays, whatever it is so that the woman is contributing as well. I mean, she's contributing to the household bills. But on date night, let the man be the man and he should be reaching in his pocket to pay at dinner and at the movies. It makes him feel good and it makes the lady feel like she's being taken care of. Number nine, do I feel he's attentive enough without being needy, overbearing, codependent, controlling, or disinterested? Yes, you want to be attentive to your partner. If you guys are dating and not living together, you should be touching base every day and not just texting. Texting's lazy. Call. How you doing? How was your day, hon? Definitely, if you're living apart, spend the majority, I would say 70% of the weekend together. If you're really into that lady, show her. Don't be disinterested. One date a week is not enough overbearing or codependent would be somebody texting you 20 times a day. That's controlling and overbearing and codependent. Once in the morning, once in the afternoon, or if you are a couple and living together, definitely being interested about each other and your day. And checking in at noon would be nice. You know your partner has a lunch hour. And if you don't know, if it varies, the partner that is on the varied schedule should check in with the one that's a little bit more stable in their schedule. 
Number 10, when we're together, does he offers full time and his attention avoids distractions like TV, social media, his phone, computer, or looking around the room at others. While away is his first choice of communication, the phone rather than texting. And does it respond to your calls and texts in a timely manner? Now, this is a really important one. Let me break this down a little bit. If you're trying to have a conversation with your guy and he takes the remote and turns the TV as you're talking to him, that is a total sign of disrespect. You shouldn't be doing it to either of you. Now, if there's a certain show, eight o'clock, certain night, you know it's each other's show, then you don't have the conversation and you try and sit down and you enjoy that together. But there's nothing worse than getting into bed at night and somebody goes onto Facebook. And a lot of women are guilty of this. Facebook is more a female thing, I think, than male. Instead of talking to your partner and being close with them in bed, you're on Facebook. Like, seriously, is it that important? Don't do that. Put the computers away. I said the machines, put the machines away once you get home. Certainly if you're on a date, there's no reason to have your phone out unless like me, I am a global coach and I have some people that do have text service to me. Don't go on my phone unless I see something pop up and I just say, hey, I'm out. I'll get back to you tomorrow or something like that. But nobody else, unless they have a job that keeps them on call. You know, for example, if you're a realtor and a deal's pending, certainly you have your phone out, but no other reason should you have it out? Most of the time, I don't like to have mine out unless I know somebody's going through a tough time or I'll look at it once an hour and put it right back in my purse. This is showing respect to my date that he has my full attention. So do that for your partner. And certainly while you're out, let's say you're out at a dance club, don't be looking other people up and down. It's so rude and so disrespectful. Yes, people look around a room and you notice somebody's outfit, but there's glancing and then there's being obnoxious. And everybody knows the difference. So don't insult your partner when she is sitting right in front of you, guys, by looking some other woman up and down. Seriously, what's that going to get you? But a cold shoulder when you get home. Keep your eyes on your lady. Keep your interest there. And if you give her your full attention, she's going to love it. And same for the guys. Give him your full attention while you're out. It just means so much. And when you are a couple, the first choice of communication should be the phone, unless you have jobs where you cannot phone or you're not sure of your partner's schedule. You can text and say, hey, is a good time for a call? Partner can say, no, give me 15 minutes and I'll call you right back. That's okay too. If your partner does call or text you, do get back to them in a timely manner. We're going to have to go to another quick break and we will come back with the other tips of the 16. So stay tuned. You're listening to Lessons in Life and Love. Hey, welcome back to Lessons in Life and Love. We are continuing the 16 quality traits that makes you an evolved partner. We're up to number 11. Is he of good character? So are you sincere, kind, patient, responsible, and true to your word? That goes back to the wheels. Number 12, does he try his best to remain positive, calm, and centered when addressing stressful situations or life transitions or an issue? 13. Do I feel any doubts or concerns with his behavior? Has he given me any reason to doubt what he says is true? Do I trust him implicitly? And again, ask yourself these questions in reverse, guys. Like you need to be asking this for yourself too. 14. Am I proud of the way he presents himself in a crowd and as he communicates with others? Is he socially confident, non judgmental, and friendly to most people? You know, especially people that serve you, your waiters, the grocery clerk. 
are they kind and just communicate in a nice way? And I don't mean, you know, some men will be very flirtatious with waitresses and that's really obnoxious. Just be polite and professional. She's there to do a job. Just be polite and respectful. Once you start flirting, it's embarrassing to your lady for sure. I wanted to make a point too before we went to break about picking up the phone and really communicating with your calls. Years ago, I had a job working for Ralph Lauren as one of his executive assistants at his master store, his beautiful store on Upper Madison Avenue. One thing I really respected him, he said, Rihanna, if my wife, Ricky, ever calls or my kids, I don't care who I'm with, they get through. And I said, Ralph, I want a man just like you. (laughs) I thought that was really cool. He goes, she is first in my life, no matter what. And I said, man, I really respect that. He was a really great guy. But that was one thing that really stuck out in my mind. And if every man treated his lady like that, and they have a very long-term respectful marriage. He married when they were very young, and he was just selling ties door to door. But he always put her first, and that relationship has been a stellar one. Great family as well, because he shows how to love love and respect his lady. So I have a high regard for that. Okay. Next, 15. Is there balanced communication so he doesn't keep the topic of conversation restricted to just him? Is he a great listener, shows a great sense of humor, and isn't sarcastic at the expense of you or others? Remember last week we said humor is about a situation. Sarcasm is against a person and it's hurtful. And sarcasm isn't funny. With someone who has a habit of sarcasm, it really grates on you after a while. But humor is one thing, sarcasm is another, and you don't want that in your relationship. You want to look at communication like the infinity wheel. It's balanced. You talk, he talks. You talk, he talks. This is part of conscious awareness. How much are you talking? And if you feel like you're going on too long, then turn it around and ask him a question to bring him back into the conversation and then listen. I have a lot of singles that say, well, and I went on a date. I didn't get to say two words. He kept on talking, talking, talking about himself. Well, a couple things could have happened. A, he could have been nervous. Two, he might have really liked you and really wanted you to know who he was quickly. Don't judge on the first date. Everyone's a little bit nervous. But if you know the balanced communication flow, then you do it at the best that you can. Last one, 16. Is his communication with me open and balanced, both in listening and sharing your feelings? Is it respectful, interesting, and entertaining to me? Can he share his emotions and concerns without distancing himself or shutting down? These qualities should be your vocal point for growth in your current partnership, that you want to make sure you're offering as much as you're receiving from your relationship and identify these 16 areas as an opportunity to do better. If you would like to reach out to me, you're struggling in your relationship or in dating, you just can't seem to find someone that's wonderful for you, reach out to me for that free life and love transformation discovery session. It's a $500 value at rihannamillen.com. Just fill out the pop-up form. Tell me your story. Make sure I have you. Okay. I'm going to go to a quick question that came in. My boyfriend is great and loving much of the time, but at other times he's jealous, controlling, immature, impulsive, and just miserable to be around. I hang in there quote for the good times. But when do I know that it's time to quit the relationship? Is there anything I can do to fix this? And this is from Martha in New York. Thanks, Martha, for your question. Definitely childhood trauma showing up in the way that he acts. All this jealousy, control, impulsivity, and immaturity are some of the 22 traits that come out through childhood trauma. 
He is going to have to want to get help. You can't fix it alone. It's really important to know that you can't change a person. You can encourage change by getting help through a relationship coach. I do work with couples, so you can write me and tell me your story. But if you try to address them in a kind, calm, and loving way and saying, this is just not working for me, we're going to have to get help or I don't see the relationship working out, say it calm, but seriously. Say, I've forgiven, you're impulsive, you're jealous of me, and I'm not doing anything wrong wrong. You're controlling me. I can't stand it. I feel like I'm suffocated. If you tell him time and time again, and it doesn't stop, then you are going to make yourself emotionally sick. This is what we call toxic. If you hang in there time and time again, I've worked with women years in a toxic relationship that say, I've totally lost who I am. I'm not happy. I have no joy. That's what happens when you stay too long in a toxic relationship. I'm also seeing signs of borderline personality disorder. When you say very moody, Fast trigger anger, these are all things that are from borderline. Very often, the borderline personality is also sociopathic. Fairly soon, in an upcoming episode, I'm going to do the 19 personality traits that break your heart. So you want to make sure you hear that show because borderline is one of them. And it's very difficult to live with someone always moody, controlling, and jealous. I know there's good in every person, right? This is a spiritual part of who we are. There's good in every person, but you can't live your life in fear and in a toxic environment, you will make yourself sick over time. Definitely reach out and get yourself help. I'd be glad to help you if I can, Martha. And again, thank you for your question. All your questions that you guys write in help everyone else. I really do appreciate that. We will definitely be going into next week for the singles dating tips to find the evolved partner. Please send me your questions for next week's show at lessonsinlifeandloveshow at gmail.com or come up with your question, have it ready and call me with it because I love to have a full discussion. It's so much easier to have the person on the line. 866-451-1451 is our call-in number. You're going to want to make sure you are with me. We are wrapping up, guys. That's about all we have time for today. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And if you didn't get a chance to ask your questions, again, email me then at lessonsinlifeandloveshow at gmail.com. And if you want to talk to me in person, apply for that free life and love transformation discovery session. It's a $500 value on my website, rihannamillen.com. I open up seven slots each week for my listeners. So do mention you're one of my listeners. You are listening to Lessons in Life and Love with your global coach Rihanna Milne on Bold Brave Media Global Network. Be sure to listen to the other shows and always I wish you to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Your personal journey of life and love transformation has only just begun. Go to rihannamilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a free life and love transformation discovery session with Rihanna, a $500 value. Just contact Rihanna with your questions and to tell her your story at rihannamilne.com. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.